book two chapter twelve of henrietta temple this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by martin geeson henrietta temple by benjamin disraeli book two chapter twelve containing an ominous incident the last adieus are bidden ferdinand is on his road to armin flying from the woman whom he adores to meet the woman to whom he is betrothed he reined in his horse as he entered the park as he slowly approached his home he could not avoid feeling that after so long an absence he had not treated glastonbury with the kindness and consideration he merited while he was torturing his invention for an excuse for his conduct he observed his old tutor in the distance and riding up and dismounting he joined that faithful friend whether it be that love and falsehood are under any circumstances inseparable ferdinand armine whose frankness was proverbial found himself involved in a long and confused narrative of a visit to a friend whom he had unexpectedly met whom he had known abroad and to whom he was under the greatest obligations he even affected to regret this temporary estrangement from armin after so long a separation and to rejoice at his escape no names were mentioned and the unsuspicious glastonbury delighted again to be his companion inconvenienced him with no cross-examination but this was only the commencement of the system of degrading deception which awaited him willingly would ferdinand have devoted all his time and feelings to his companion but in vain he struggled with the absorbing passion of his soul he dwelt in silence upon the memory of the last three days the most eventful period of his existence he was moody and absent silent when he should have spoken wandering when he should have listened hazarding random observations instead of conversing or breaking into hurried and inappropriate comments so that to any worldly critic of his conduct he would have appeared at the same time both dull and excited at length he made a desperate effort to accompany glastonbury to the picture-gallery and listen to his plans the scene indeed was not ungrateful to him for it was associated with the existence and the conversation of the lady of his heart he stood entranced before the picture of the turkish page and lamented to glastonbury a thousand times that there was no portrait of henrietta armine i would sooner have a portrait of henrietta armine than the whole gallery together said ferdinand glastonbury stared i wonder if there ever will be a portrait of henrietta armine come now my dear glastonbury he continued with an air of remarkable excitement let us have a wager upon it 
what are the odds will there ever be a portrait of henrietta armine i am quite fantastic to-day you are smiling at me now do you know if i had a wish certain to be gratified it should be to add a portrait of henrietta armine to our gallery she died very young remarked glastonbury but my henrietta armine should not die young said ferdinand she should live breathe smile she glastonbury looked very confused so strange is love that this kind of veiled allusion to his secret passion relieved and gratified the overcharged bosom of ferdinand he pursued the subject with enjoyment anybody but glastonbury might have thought that he had lost his senses he laughed so loud and talked so fast about a subject which seemed almost nonsensical but the good glastonbury ascribed these ebullitions to the wanton spirit of youth and smiled out of sympathy though he knew not why except that his pupil appeared happy at length they quitted the gallery glastonbury resumed his labours in the hall where he was copying an escutcheon and after hovering a short time restlessly around his tutor now escaping into the garden that he might muse over henrietta temple undisturbed and now returning for a few minutes to his companion lest the good glastonbury should feel mortified by his neglect ferdinand broke away altogether and wandered far into the pleasance he came to the green and shady spot where he had first beheld her there rose the cedar spreading its dark form in solitary grandeur and holding as it were its state among its subject woods it was the same scene almost the same hour but where was she he waited for her form to rise and yet it came not he shouted henrietta temple yet no fair vision blessed his expectant sight was it all a dream had he been but lying beneath these branches in a rapturous trance and had he only woke to the shivering dullness of reality what evidence was there of the existence of such a being as henrietta temple if such a being did not exist of what value was life after a glimpse of paradise could he breathe again in this tame and frigid world where was ducie where were its immortal bowers those roses of supernatural fragrance and the celestial melody of its halls that garden wherein he wandered and hung upon her accents that wood among whose shadowy boughs she glided like an antelope that pensive twilight on which he had gazed with such subdued emotion that moonlight walk when her voice floated like aerials in the purple sky were these all phantoms 
could it be that this morn this very morn he had beheld henrietta temple had conversed with her alone had bidden her a soft adieu what was it this day that she had given him this rose he threw himself upon the turf and gazed upon the flower the flower was young and beautiful as herself and just expanding into perfect life to the fantastic brain of love there seemed a resemblance between this rose and her who had culled it its stem was tall its countenance was brilliant an aromatic essence pervaded its being as he held it in his hand a bee came hovering round its charms eager to revel in its fragrant loveliness more than once had ferdinand driven the bee away when suddenly it succeeded in alighting on the rose jealous of his rose ferdinand in his haste shook the flower and the fragile head fell from the stem a feeling of deep melancholy came over him with which he found it in vain to struggle and which he could not analyse he rose and pressing the flower to his heart he walked away and rejoined glastonbury whose task was nearly accomplished ferdinand seated himself upon one of the high cases which had been stowed away in the hall folding his arms swinging his legs and whistling the german air which miss temple had sung the preceding night that is a wild and pretty air said glastonbury who was devoted to music i never heard it before you travellers pick up choice things where did you find it i am sure i cannot tell my dear glastonbury i have been asking myself the same question the whole morning sometimes i think i dreamt it a few more such dreams would make you a rare composer said glastonbury smiling ah my dear glastonbury talking of music i know a musician such a musician a musician whom i should like to introduce you to above all persons in the world you always loved music dear ferdinand it is in the blood you come from a musical stock on your mother's side is miss grandison musical yes no that is to say i forget some commonplace accomplishment in the art she has i believe but i was not thinking of that sort of thing i was thinking of the lady who taught me this air a lady said glastonbury the german ladies are highly cultivated yes the germans and the women especially have a remarkably fine musical taste rejoined ferdinand recovering from his blunder i like the germans very much said glastonbury and i admire that air oh my dear glastonbury you should hear it sung by moonlight indeed said glastonbury 
yes if you could only hear her sing it by moonlight i venture to say my dear glastonbury that you would confess that all you had ever heard or seen or imagined of enchanted spirits floating in the air and filling the atmosphere with supernatural symphonies was realized indeed said glastonbury a most accomplished performer no doubt was she professional who inquired ferdinand your songstress professional oh ah, yes no she was not a professional singer but she was fit to be one and that is an excellent idea too for i would sooner after all be a professional singer and live by my art than marry against my inclination or not marry according to it marry said glastonbury rather astonished what is she going to be married against her will poor devoted thing devoted indeed said ferdinand there is no greater curse on earth glastonbury shook his head the affections should not be forced the old man added our feelings are our own property often our best ferdinand fell into a fit of abstraction then suddenly turning round he said is it possible that i have been away from armin only two days do you know it really seems to me a year you are very kind to say so my ferdinand said glastonbury End of Book 2, Chapter 12